you will never unclog a sink by putting less water into it. You have to actually operate on the system itself. And the way you operate on the system itself is by changing the inputs. So it's not about changing the quantity, it's about changing the quality. So you cannot heal your body by starving it. Welcome, you're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and truths from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or fitness and fat loss to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts, and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. Hi everyone, you're on air with Ella, and today I'm joined by the one and only Jonathan Baylor. Now you first heard Jonathan's name on episode five with Carrie Brown. Yeah, the one where we sing his praises and the praises of his book, The Calorie Myth, and we sing the praises of his podcast, et cetera, et cetera. Well, one of the reasons that I'm such a huge fan of Jonathan's is that personally encountering Jonathan's research and his writings and his podcast, um, now known as The Sane Show, That was one of the first major steps in my own wellness journey. So it was actually Jonathan's uh, podcast was the first podcast that I ever downloaded in my life. And you see where that led me. Um, But along with Carrie's recipes, Jonathan's work truly helped me move from a diet mindset to much more of a conscious eating lifestyle, something that was sustainable and sort of ended my obsession. So he really broke down the science in very, how shall I say, digestible chunks for me and changed my life and made me want to help other people too. But back to Jonathan. Jonathan Baylor is the founder of SaneSolution.com. He authored the New York Times bestseller, The Calorie Myth. He hosts the very popular syndicated radio show and podcast that I've mentioned called The Sane Show. And he blogs on Huffington Post and he's on pretty much every other media outlet that I can possibly think of. But what set jo- what sets Jonathan apart from some of his peers in this space for me is his expertise backed by research. So Jonathan has registered over 25 patents. He's collaborated with top scientists for over 10 years. His work has been endorsed by top doctors and scientists from Harvard Medical School, Johns Hopkins, the Mayo Clinic, et cetera, et cetera. And a fun side note, fun facts about Jonathan, he served as a senior program manager at Microsoft and he helped create Nike, the Nike Connect training and Xbox fitness. I can't, I can't get it out, Jonathan, but, <laughs> but I think they'll know what I mean. But anyway, Jonathan, if I keep reading your credentials, you won't even get to speak. So I'm going to stop there and say welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Ella. It's a pleasure to be here. Just as an overview, can you tell the audience briefly why you wrote the book, The Calorie Myth, and why really on a much larger scale you're pursuing the message behind the book as your mission? The very brief backstory, because I can go on and on about this, is I was a very skinny child, too skinny. So there are people, we don't usually think about them very much in our culture nowadays, that have a hard time gaining weight. There are There's a whole industry of like weight gainer shakes for people that want to gain weight. And But I had a very interesting experience. So I wanted to become bigger. I wanted to play football. So I started just pounding calories. I was eating 6,000 plus calories per day. I was taking hundreds and hundreds of dollars of supplements. This was back in the early days of supplements when there were some sketchy things going on. And I became a personal trainer. As soon as I became a personal trainer, I had a life-changing experience. Here you have, at this time, a 18 to 20-year-old male who's consuming 6,000 calories per day, doing no cardiovascular exercise, and is unable to gain weight, who's working with clients 
predominantly female who are moms or grandmothers who are CEOs, executives. These are brilliant women that have done very difficult things in their life and continue to do difficult things because I'd put them on 1200 calorie diets and just run them, just run them on treadmills. And they weren't losing weight. And it wasn't because they weren't compliant. It wasn't because they were stupid. It wasn't because they were lazy. It wasn't because they weren't trying hard enough. They were eating one fifth the calories I was eating and they couldn't lose weight. And I'm eating five times more calories than they are. And I can't gain weight. And I, I couldn't I couldn't rationalize that like a lot of people do, which is just they need to try harder because it wasn't like I couldn't try harder. I, what am I supposed to do? Eat 12,000 <laughs> calories per day to gain weight. And what should they do? Eat 200 calories per day to lose weight. So that then caused me to retire from being a personal trainer and to dig into my geeky engineering roots. I was also raised by two professor parents, and this took me on a 10 plus year journey of research in areas that generally are thought to have nothing to do with eating. So I did some nutrition research, but a lot of it was spent in the realm of neurobiology, how your brain interacts with your body, endocrinology, your hormones, and gastroenterology. And since we looked at different fields of study, we came out with a different answer than you traditionally get in the nutrition, uh, in the nutrition realm. So what I love about you, Jonathan, is you're a total geek. Like you love data. <laughs> you love, I'm using your words. That's fair. Right? <laughs> you love, you come at this with an engineering mind. And yet you have this ability to make this so simple for people. So one of the things that you just said was it's actually impossible for that paradigm to work. E eat less, exercise more has to be impossible just through the, the anecdote that you just shared. You were doing everything in your power to gain weight. These women that you used in your example are doing everything in their power by that traditional paradigm to lose weight and neither of you were getting the results that you wanted like that's it's that simple it is that simple and the problem is is we just don't hear about a lot of this information that's that's what lit a fire inside of me besides just feeling like a failure because I couldn't serve myself and I also couldn't serve my clients it didn't take long at all for when I dug into the actual research I'm talking peer-reviewed scientific journals these aren't even things even if you go to school to to get a nutrition degree, one, you're only going to study nutrition. So it's a, it's a very, that's not, you're not going to study neurobiology, for example. You're not getting a degree in neurobiology, right? You're also not going to necessarily read the primary research. You're going to get your research, even if it's from a really smart person, third hand, fourth hand, or from a textbook that's been interpreted and had to get approved by some official dietary board, which then you've come to find out has government influence. So the, the research, there's just, here's one example. If you look at the scientific research around eating up until about the 1960s or 70s, the vast majority of the studies were done on rodents because we would never permit some of these things to be done to humans, but we pay people to do them to us in gyms. But I could talk about that later. The, the, they would try to make rats and mice obese by overfeeding them, and they couldn't. They literally could not. They would pump, they would attach stomach tubes to rodents and pump them full of additional calories and the rodents would just eat less and exercise more to cancel it out. And the only way they could reliably make rodents gain weight was when they discovered, quote unquote, the cafeteria diet, which translates into the way we eat today. So they would start feeding rodents processed starches, sweets, and trans fats, and then the rodents would gain weight and couldn't take it off. But it had nothing to do with the quantity of food they were giving the rodents. It had to do with the quality. And then when you start to dig into brain, hormone, and gut biology, you can start to see why the quality of food is so important. And then you get these really powerful metaphors like 
this whole, you began the show and you said it so well, I got off the diet roller coaster and it's about lifestyle change. When we talk about diet, fundamentally, the reason dieting, so it can work just like cutting off your right leg can cause you to lose weight, right? You right. can you can lose weight in all sorts of fun ways that aren't healthy. Uh, dieting is one of them. And the reason dieting doesn't work is imagine someone who's smoking and is diagnosed with lung cancer and their solution to that problem is to smoke shorter cigarettes, right? You cannot, if, if cigarettes cause lung cancer, then smoking less of them can't cure lung it might slow you might get lung cancer slower but it's not going to cure that so if the types of foods we're eating today is causing us to become obese which it is you look at any culture around the world when they are introduced with a western diet yes they will quote unquote eat more but they're eating more because of the quality of the food they're eating and it's that quality that breaks your brain hormones and gut and until you change that quality you can starve yourself till you're blue in the face but you're just smoking shorter cigarettes and you're just going to be frustrated so I love that analogy. So processed food and just honestly, the manufactured product that they call food is a cigarette in this example. And let's lay out for everybody what the principles are behind your SANE nutrition philosophy. SANE is an acronym, guys, and it's S-A-N-E. Jonathan, can you just share with us what the principles are? I can, yeah, I can, I can actually go through it really, really quickly. So S is satiety. That's how quickly a calorie fills you up and how long it keeps you full. An example of a food that has low satiety would be Pringles. They advertise once you pop, you can't stop for a reason, right? Eating Pringle calories makes you hungrier. Okay, think about that. Most people don't think about that. So eating calories can make you hungrier. That's low satiety. Overeating is caused by eating low satiety foods. We want to eat high satiety foods. The A is aggression. This is the hormonal impact that a food has. So if you're, if you're familiar with insulin, glycemic load, glycemic index, we don't want to cause a bunch of crazy aggressive hormonal spikes. So we want to eat low aggression foods. N is nutrition. This is the amount of essential vitamins, minerals, amino acids, and fatty acids, essential things. Sugar is not essential. That doesn't mean it's like heroin, but it does mean that it's not essential. So listening to the USDA and getting 65% of your daily calories from sugar is probably not a good idea. So we want to eat high nutrient density foods. The E is efficiency. And this is how easily your body can store certain calories as fat. So the reason why increasing the amount of nutrient-dense protein and fiber in your diet is because it's very inefficient at being stored as fat and will cause you to burn more fat. So what I'm hearing you say is that it's not like a diet. I don't see you out there selling diet books, Jonathan, but what what you espouse is conscious eating with a focus on nutrient dense real foods. Your focus is on quality. Is that fair? It's exactly right. The current health methodology. So to, to, to be clear, if you look at someone like Weight Watchers, Weight Watchers doesn't have the Weight Watchers diet. They have a principle. And that principle is that calories and food are to be avoided. So to the extent that a food can be avoided and to the extent that you can starve yourself and not consume calories, you are being successful. The new model, the model that's actually supported by research as well as common sense and history is that sane nutrient dense food should be eaten in such high quantities that you're too full for nonsense. So food is not the enemy. You don't think about calories at all. And instead of trying to avoid food and avoid calories, you ignore calories and you focus on sane, whole water, fiber and protein rich foods. Okay, you're the analogy king. It's a special <laughs> gift that you have, Jonathan. And I would like to draw from that gift today. Can you please share your clog sink analogy? Because honestly, that picture that you painted for me two years ago or so when I listened to you explain it 
changed everything for me. So let's see if we can have that effect on someone else. So talk to us about the clog sink analogy to explain why the old paradigm doesn't work. My pleasure. Well, thank you so much for that compliment. The clog sink analogy. Here we go from the top. <laughs> One, two, three, clog sink. The, uh, so imagine you have a sink. So let's use your shower drain or that's not a sink. Let's use your bathroom sink for an example. You never wash your hands really quickly for fear that putting too much water in your sink is just going to always cause it to overflow, right? Because your sink is designed to deal with lots of water. However, if you notice that you've got kind of a hairball developing there in your sink, you would pull that out of there or you would never throw paper towels or tissue paper down your sink because your sink isn't designed to handle that stuff. And in fact, that stuff will clog it, right? And once a sink is clogged, just a little bit of water can cause the sink to overflow and to continue to overflow. You've got paper towels and you've got hair stuck in your drain and the and just drops of water are coming out of your faucet. Clearly, it's not because too much water is coming in the sink. Problem, the reason the sink is overflowing is not because too much water is coming in. It's because the sink has lost its ability to respond to more water in with more water out automatically. It's become clogged. And the solution is not to cut off the water supply. The solution is to unclog. And the way you unclog is first and foremost by avoiding clogs. And clogs are caused by the quality of what you're putting in your sink, not the quantity of water you put into your sink. And then you you have to keep it free from clog. And to remove that clog, you need something like uh, maybe some Drano or a plunger. Now, certainly we're never going to eat Drano, but there are foods, whole foods that are a little bit like metabolic Drano that help to clear out metabolic clog. So what is the sink in this analogy? The sink in this analogy is your body, right? So your body has become clogged. It's lost its ability to respond to more calories in with more calories out. And when that happens, more calories in turns to more fat stored. So then your body essentially overflows with fat, much like your sink would overflow with water. And even if you turn down the calories, much like you would turn down the water, it doesn't matter. And that's why someone can be on these 800 calorie diets and they might stop gaining fat, aka your sink stops overflowing, but the water level won't go down because your body's lost the ability to burn fat. This is where people get stuck, Jonathan. They're saying, I mean, they might be they might be obese, they might be 10 pounds over fat, wherever they are, and they restrict the water they're pouring into their sink. They eat fewer calories, and sometimes they even gain weight mm -hmm. or and or they can't figure out why eating less and adding exercise to the mix isn't fixing their problem. And what you're saying is it's because the sink is broke, like deal with the root issues. And that bad grammar was on purpose. So I was trying to <laughs> Can you tell us what the formula is? What is the Drano here in this analogy? Like how do we fix the sink so that it's not, it's no longer about putting less water in I'll give you the, the three components. The first is is what not to do and why, very simply. And we've already kind of covered this, but I really want to hit it one more time. You will never unclog a sink by putting less water into it, right? That just, that can't happen. You have to actually operate on the system itself. And the way you operate on the system itself is by changing the inputs. So it's not about changing the quantity. It's about changing the quality. So you cannot heal your body by starving it. I think that makes sense. Now, the way you actually heal it, there's going to be two components. So let's continue the sink analogy. Let's talk about Drano and let's talk about a plunger because those are two things that you could use to <laughs> unclog a drain. So we are giving this analogy some serious legs. Go for it. <laughs> so metabolic Drano would be 
the sanest foods in the world. So there's predominantly three of the sane food groups. That's non-starchy vegetables. These are vegetables you could eat raw. You don't have to eat them raw, but you could eat them raw. So think things you put into salads. Think green leafy vegetables. Again, don't have to be raw, but could be raw. That's a great, you're not saying you have to eat these raw. You have to eat them in a salad. You're saying that is the measuring stick? Yeah, it's just a great way to identify what are the sanest vegetables. And as a general rule, if you can eat it raw, that's a good sign. So non-starchy vegetables, nutrient-dense proteins. So this means sometimes people are going to be like, oh, meat's going to kill you and meat is toxic. Yeah, I mean, there's toxic everything, right? To be clear, GMO vegetables that have been sprayed with pesticide probably aren't the best thing for you in the world. And the air is polluted, but that doesn't mean we don't breathe or eat vegetables. So we have to eat meats and fish that are found that are humanely raised and non-toxic and are really full of nutrient goodness. So things like bologna and spam, obviously that's going to be terrible for you, but that's not at all the same thing as salmon or grass-fed beef. So nutrient-dense protein is next, and then whole food fats. So the vast majority of our calories, this is the, the big swap Americans need to make in addition to eating the previous two food groups, is we should not be getting the vast majority of our calories from sugar. Sugar contributes to clogs in most people. We need to get the majority of our calories from whole food healthy fat if we want to give our body and preserve our body's ability to burn fat. We need to make fat our body's preferred fuel source and that's what enables it to burn fat. So we've got non-starchy vegetables, nutrient-dense protein, and whole food fats. So that's the that's the Drano. So you want to flood your system with in order nutrient-dense or excuse me, non-starchy vegetables, then nutrient-dense protein, then whole food fats. I'm talking double-digit servings of non-starchy vegetables per day. And then the plunger, the plunger is, is much like you think. So a plunger, you don't sit there for an hour and like tap on the clog, right? It didn't do anything. You give it a few good shots and then you walk away and you've clogged, unclogged the sink. Same thing applies here. We want to use very low dose, but very high intensity and very safe exercise, such as very heavy and slow resistance training or non-impact interval training. And let me go back to fats really quickly. People people have been told, as you know, for years and years that fat is bad and fat equals fat on your body. So can you touch on oils and butters because people are still afraid of them, Jonathan? So this is a very nuanced area. And this is so so the a couple things to clarify, just right things that aren't nuanced. One, the idea that fat makes you fat is absurd. The idea that just eating something causes you to become that thing. Again, if that was true, then eating green vegetables would make you green, right? We understand that 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 doesn't actually work. There's another metaphor that is used a lot in popular media, which is that like saturated fats, because they're solid at room temperature, they become solid in your arteries, and they clog your arteries. Remember, broccoli is also solid at room temperature. So by that logic, broccoli would also clog your arteries. So that logic doesn't work either. So now we need to say, what is it about fat that could actually be bad for us? Well, fat does contain more calories per gram than protein or carbohydrate. It contains nine calories per gram. So it is more calorific than the other two macronutrients. But if calories aren't the be all end all of nutrition, and if eating, for example, 10 grams of fat, and that gives you 90 calories, if all that does is make you fuller than eating 10 grams of sugar, which gives you 40 calories, then why is that bad? Food isn't the enemy. Now, the, the reason I say whole food fats intentionally is, and this is going to get me in trouble, but so it's, yeah, butter, oil, things like this are, are good, but remember that they're not whole foods. Right. So everyone wants to talk about coconut oil and how you buy coconut oil and eat two tablespoons of coconut oil per day. What people should be talking about is eating coconuts. 
right? A coconut is a whole food that's going to contain more protein and more fiber than coconut oil. So let's take a very specific example. Let's say we have someone and his name is Jim and Jim has a hundred pounds of surplus fat on his body. And let's say that a pound of fat does contain 3,500 calories like we popularly hear. Okay, that means Jim has, what, uh, 350,000 calories worth of fat that he doesn't need sitting on his body already. Now, for Jim to go out of his way to eat more butter and oil to increase his calories coming from fat when he already has 350,000 calories worth of fat stored in his body ready to be burnt but that his body cannot burn, that's a different story. So what we find is what when people go sane, they, they become much fuller, much faster. And because they are eating their own stored body fat, they actually reduce their caloric intake accidentally. So they don't mean to be eating fewer calories. It just happens. Their body is eating calories that are already stored within itself. Does that make sense? Yeah, so it sounds like what you're saying is you're working on getting the sink to work correctly so that you don't have to think about the thing anymore and it, your your metabolism becomes more like your cardiovascular system. You're breathing in and out. You're the things a, you don't think about. That's exactly right. And when it comes to things like butter and oil, the, the thing that I like, the way I like to think of those is they are great tools to make vegetables delicious. And if the way you get yourself and your family to enjoy non-starchy vegetables is by covering them with butter and by sauteing them in healthy oils like a coconut oil or bacon fat. That is a beautiful way to use those fats. But again, remember, nutrient density, nutrient density. An olive is more nutrient dense than olive oil. So if we're going to spend 30 seconds talking about olive oil, we should spend 30 minutes talking about olives. Okay, I want to go one more, one more question for clarity here. I thought, because I've been told by every popular media outlet ever for all time, that a calorie <laughs> is a calorie. So 100 calories of spinach is the same thing as a 100 calorie Coke can in terms of, or can of Coke, I should say, in terms of how it impacts your body. True or false? False. So a calorie is just a measure of the quantity of energy that something provides. But it doesn't tell us anything about the quality of that energy, right? So uh, just give any child 100 calories worth of sugar and then give that same child 100 calories worth of non-starchy vegetables and nutrient-dense protein. Look me in the eye and tell me they're the same thing. They're not. Okay. And you do a beautiful job of explaining this in your book, The Calorie Myth. So I will direct people there for more. Now, Jonathan, just two more questions for you that we like to ask of our experts. What, right. is, what is one resource that you recommend to our audience? Can I So this isn't really health related, but I think the, the book that has the most influence on my life ever is the most is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey because it's very difficult to get your eating and exercise in order if you don't have the rest of your life in order. So I think taking someone who's really stressed out and, and, and you know, emotionally in a tough place and asking them to make all these lifestyle changes, that can be tough. But if you check out some work by Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, you put first things first, you be proactive, then this stuff becomes a lot easier. I'm so glad you said that. This show ultimately, Jonathan, is about mindset. And my philosophy is that if we don't get our minds right, honestly, nothing else matters um, or is sustainable. So I'm so glad you said that. And then one habit, Jonathan, you'd like everyone to try for one week. This one is easy. And that is double digit servings of non-starchy vegetables. 
Like this is just a this is just a home run. So take all the energy you spend on on pills and and gimmicky workout routines and like worrying about the next fad that media comes out with and just say to yourself for 7 days I am going to consume double digits of non-starchy vegetables. And that's really, that seems impossible. But if you do three with breakfast, three with lunch, three with dinner, and one as a snack, you're at 10. So double digit servings of non-starchy vegetables for a week and you will change your life. It's, it's incredible. Beautiful. And I can testify that it's true. And by the way, a blender goes a long way. You can cram a lot of veggies into a smoothie or soup. <laughs> Jonathan, where can people find you? Please hop over to SaneSolution.com. Again, that's S-A-N-E Solution.com. We just have an incredible program and some incredible resources available to everybody. Think of it like Weight Watchers 2.0. We're really excited about it. Jonathan, thank you so much for your time. It's been great. Thank you, Ella. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, just go to onairwithella.com where I put up links to all of the good stuff that we talked about today and more information about our guests and all the good stuff that you did not need to write down today because I got you covered. Don't forget to join our Facebook page and thanks for those phenomenal reviews in iTunes. Every great review helps and we read every one. Thanks for listening and thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.